What I love about New Beginnings is this, and I'm not going to talk about New Beginnings, I'm actually going to finish the series on agreement, and we're going to go for something like that, but this is the first day of the year, so it is a new beginning. The thing I love about New Beginnings is this, you can start afresh. Whatever you felt you didn't do in 2022, start fresh. If you felt like you kind of dragged your heels in your spiritual life towards the end, start afresh. The old has been washed away. It's a new day. Think about it. Companies, this is the end of the financial year, it was yesterday. Companies have put their P&L together and that's it. Now it's new vision for what 2023 is going to be. So whatever it is, and I want to encourage you to come along next week as we begin and really continue on from today, but begin our series about the master principles of 2023 that will shape your life and make your life. I promise you, you don't want to miss this series in January and you want to invite people to it as well because if you set up the beginning, the ending can be great. If you start well, you can finish well. If you start badly, it's uphill all the way. You know, last year, January 1st fell on a Saturday, and then Sunday it was Rick's daughter's wedding, I remember, and January 1st fell on a Saturday, and I went to the gym, and you'd be amazed, it was the fullest I'd ever seen the car park at Lifetime, literally just full and full of people. I went about a week ago on a Saturday, it was the emptiest I'd seen all year, and I just thought to myself, isn't that amazing? There's a scripture that's always stuck with me, it's been my life scripture for me from the from the book of Job, I want to read to you today. It says this, and though your beginning was small, have we got it on the screen? There it is. Your latter days will be very great. Can I speak that over your life today? Though your early days, though the beginning of your year was small, your latter months will be very great. And I want to say for my life, that's been one of the things that's kept me constant throughout my life. Though your beginning was small, and I was very small when I started, your latter end, which I'm not even close to yet, will be very great. That's what I'm believing for. And I want to speak it over your life today. This is the beginning, the first day, and it may be small start, a beginning, but believe that by the end, it'll be great. I really believe something about new beginnings just allows you to go, I'm disconnecting the baggage of yesterday. I'm starting again. I'm going again. I'm running hard again. I even feel different this morning. I didn't think I would. Yes, I said to Jane, it's just a tick of the clock. And really it is. It's another day. But I woke up different today. I woke up, whoo, come on, let's go. Maybe it's because I went to bed earlier than most. But I did, you know, once upon a time, uh, this, well, last night I enjoyed the fireworks, but it was from my bed asleep as they raged on for two hours after I went to bed. Anyway, another story, moving on. And this is my scripture, though your beginning was small, your latter days will be very great. I just want you to imagine something for a moment. Imagine if you grew by 10% this year. I'm not talking about your waist now. I'm just talking about you as a person, your intellect your love, your faith, your ability to do things, your ability to succeed, your ability to build family, your ability, ability to get through to that teenager, the ability to, to have a great marriage. Imagine if it went up 10%. Imagine if your partner went up 10%, your friends went up 10%. Imagine if we all went up 
Think of the compounding effect that would have. Just 10% improvement this year from you and I would be monumental. It really would be. And I want to talk to you about that today because I believe our lives can be enormous or they can just plateau. And what I've learned is, as I only have 10,000 days left of my life approximately, I'm going to make every one of those count. One day we'll go through how many days you have left and we'll have a look. But I pray for that in my life. And today, uh, this is going to be my last message on agreement for a while. We've been talking about it in many different facets and different areas. But I want to talk to you today because it's so profound. It's one of the master principles of life that cause everything else to succeed. Where there is agreement, there is prosperity. Where there is agreement, there is blessing. Where there's agreement, there is speed. Where there's agreement, there's no stress. Stress is created by a lack of agreement. Most things of our life, and I'm going to talk to you about that today. You know, I was thinking about geese this morning as I was preparing early hours of the morning. You know, geese, because they fly in a V formation, achieve 71% greater flying range than if each of them flew alone. Maybe that's what we're going to do with Teslas. We've got to fly them, we've got to drive them in a V formation so they go further, <laughs> right? But, but geese, when they fly, fly in a V formation so there's less drag on all the other geese. And guess what? They're able to go 71% further. Further, 71%. Who'd like to get an increase in your stocks this year of 71%? I know some of us lost 71% this year. 71% this year up. Wouldn't that be amazing if your marriage was 71% up? Imagine if your relationships were 71% up. Imagine if you were going faster and further because you understood the power of agreement. Geese, as dumb as they are, all they can do is honk. Know how to live in agreement. And us smart people struggle. So let's talk about this for a moment. You know, the most underrated secret of success in life is agreement. I believe stress is caused by disagreement. Agreement is like sleep. You don't realize you need it till you haven't had any. Right? It's underrated. Sleep is so underrated. I had a great night's sleep. According to my Apple sleep cycle, I had a great sleep last night. Right? So I woke up feeling fresh today. It's amazing. When you don't sleep, you need sleep. And when you do sleep, you didn't even notice. It's so underrated, yet it's so critical to life's health. Agreement is exactly the same. Agreement is like money. You don't know how much it affects your life and choices till you don't have any. Agreement is everything to a successful career, life, purchase, and love. It's everything. The more agreements you make this year, the more prosperous you'll be. The more people you're in agreement with, the more love you'll experience. The more you're in agreement with God this year, the more peace, the more joy, and the more healthy you will be. What a great year to look forward to. If I could just master agreement, all these things would be added to my life. 71% further, go faster. Imagine not being distracted of keeping life surviving. We're trying to keep our relationship in survival mode. Imagine if the agreement came, suddenly I go far, I go fast. 
So let's start this year. This is, what I, this is what I thought this morning. Let's start this year in agreement. Could we start in agreement? If you're online, let's start in agreement. If you're here, let's start in agreement. Guess why? Because if we can't start in agreement on the 1st of January, we've got no hope in May. Right? So why don't we start big? And then we can work it out as we go, right? We're going to start in agreement. And it's agree, easy to agree at the beginning. Have you noticed when couples get married, it's easy to agree at the beginning? Not so easy a year on, five years on, 10 years on, 20 years on. We agreed at the beginning, this is gonna be the best, we're gonna have the best marriage ever. Wow, what happened? Right, it was life. That agreement was never kept at a premium, pristine level. And so that's where problems come in. It's easy to agree at the beginning, so let's take advantage of how easy it is today. We can agree on lots of things today. This is easy, right? We haven't started yet. It's just the beginning. So let's agree on it. Let's take advantage of it. Let's put some stakes in the ground. Let's say we're going to agree on this this year. And if we can do that, I promise you, your life will be able to produce from the seeds that you've planted. First place we need to agree, Pastor Jane mentioned it, is agreement with God about us. I am loved by God. He is on my side. That's what God tells me every day. I am beautifully and wonderfully made. I will agree with God. Can anyone agree with me that I need to agree with God? Yeah, only three of us. That's great. Hopefully we'll get to seven. Okay, we're going to agree with God that He is with me, that no weapon formed against me will prosper that all things are working together for my good to those that love God and called according to His purpose. I'm called according to your purpose, God. So I believe you're with me and you're gonna provide for me. You're gonna help me. You're gonna help me grow. You're gonna help me be everything you've called me to be. We need to agree with our spouse. You know, one of the things Jane and I did last night was, uh, yesterday morning and last night, was to lay on the bed and then sit in the lounge room and just talk about places of agreement going over our agreements, going over what we're believing for together in 2023. We literally had, we actually mar remarked on how this New Year's Eve, we'd had no disagreements. I don't know, but when we look back, we said, it's often on New Year's Eve, maybe it's the series I've been preaching, I've been learning from my own series. But all I can say is in other times, we'd get to the end of the year, Christmas and New Year would be a celebration when we're out, but behind the scenes, there would have been a lot of disagreements. Do I get a witness from anybody? I think I do. Now, a part of it is because we're trying to sift through the last, we're trying to achieve an end at the end of de December, but we're also trying to sift through the past. And this year, Jay and I were like, wow, look at us, we haven't had a fight. This is amazing. How cool to go into the new year. Because the only reason you fight is if you're talking to each other. And we were talking to each other, that's why we had the fights. But guess what? This year we talked in a different way, right? And over the last couple of years, it's been that way, right? Not withdrawing, but connecting, talking about our future, talking about the next year, talking about what God wants to do. How are you going to grow? How am I going to grow? How are we going to help one another? It was fabulous hours of conversation rather than watching some... Anyway, some people on whatever channels were doing their things. So agreement with our spouse, agreement with our kids, agreement with our work colleagues, agreement with our boss, agreement with our church. Church is a big part of our spiritual life. So today I want to really talk about what could we agree on as a church for 2023? Lay some 
foundations, plant some stakes in the ground because I believe God wants to use you and I as a body of believers. Remember, Jesus died to create the church. The church wasn't started by lonely disciples who decided to have support group meetings. It was started by Jesus. It's His church, not my church. I'm just a worker in His church. And it's going to be passed on to someone else who will be a worker in His church at the time it's right. Right? Ten years from now, I might not want to do this. I might want to do something else, as in broader. But right now, I'm a servant of Jesus until He wants something different. Does that make sense? So, we need to understand that. And our last message I want to talk about our agreement as a church. What could we agree on? Because if we agree, we've already talked about 71% further, 71% faster. We, maybe not faster, but 71% further. We're going to see all kinds of things happen in the life of our church. I believe Alpharetta needs Jesus. Who thinks Alpharetta needs Jesus? 260 people in this last year. We're, you know, we're at week 52 this week of our year. We started on January the 9th last year, so next week's our one-year birthday. Don't miss the birthday party. It's going to be an amazing, amazing celebration of our first year anniversary. And 260 people have found Jesus in the last year. That's awesome because we agreed that Jesus was important to our salvation, that without Him, there is no salvation. It's not about you choose your own method to God. There is only one God and there is only one way. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God except through me. I can't get to Him through a personality. I can't get to Him through a priest. I can't get to Him through some other religion. I can only get to Him through Jesus. See, if we agree on that, then we know what to say. We know what to do. So what are some things that we need to agree on? Let me just give you a, a quick list and then we'll go back over them later. We need to agree that Jesus is the center of it all. Who believes Jesus is the center of it all? It's all about Jesus. Come on, put up your hand. You can put your hand up one for Jesus. Come on. So we believe Jesus is what it's all about. It's about Him. His redemption of mankind, including us, we must spread that good news. Number two, we need to agree that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, not just the parts in red or the parts that someone told us, but every part of God's words inspired. Timothy tells us all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for instruction, doctrine, rebuking, exhortation, all those things. All Scripture is God-breathed. God breathed on that. If we believe that there's a God who does miracles, then the God who does miracles can preserve His Word. So we believe that God's Word is God's Word. We take God's Word and understand it through the power of hermeneutics, which is the law of, and the science of interpretation. But we understand it as the Word of God. We need to agree on that. How many agree that the Bible is the Word of God? Okay, it's awesome. We're up to 15. That's fantastic. No, we are. It's all good. Number three, we need to agree that prayer is the only way you can engage God. You can think about God, but if you don't pray to God, you can't engage God. God loves you, but you can't engage Him. The Bible says in John 15, we are the vine, he's, so He's the vine, we're the branches. We've got to abide in Him, and if we abide in Him, we'll ask for whatever we need, and it will be done for us. What does that mean? Abiding means 
to rest and relate to God in prayer. We can't do supernatural things without God, and we can't involve God without prayer. Prayer is critical. How many believe that prayer is important? That's why next Sunday, we'll do it on a Sunday because we have that early morning prayer meeting, uh, you know, an hour before the service at 9 o'clock, or 9.15 it is, uh, we're going to have 14 days of prayer every morning in this room, praying for the year. Can I encourage you? Come out to the prayer meeting, right? Make it a priority. Say, God, I want to get the master principles of my life sorted in January because if the spiritual is the king of all things, the spiritual is what God made you. It's the only thing that lasts forever. We've got to get that right. If we get that right and in pristine condition through prayer and involve God, I promise you, all these things will be added unto you because the Bible says, Jesus says, to a people that are impoverished by Roman occupation, under economic strain, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all the other things you want will be added to you. Could we put aside 14 days where we focus together to pray and to bring in habits into our lives that make our year great? I think we can. We need to agree that reaching those who don't know Jesus is the main goal of the church. It's the main goal of the church. We need to agree that discipleship, in other words, training, intentional, up-close development of my spiritual life is crucial and was part of the great commission Jesus gave his disciples. Teaching all nations. Discipleship is how Jesus did it. We want to do the same. So rise groups will be running throughout the year. The Futures Leadership School, which I'm going to run personally myself for eight weeks. If you've done rise, you're welcome to join it uh, and be part of it. Sign up today. It starts in a few weeks. Eight compelling weeks. Going to change your life. Right, we have growth track. All these things start in January, of course, and there's a lot happening in January, but you should look at your church center app and see them all listed there, and so you can work out where you're meant to go. Discipleship and learning is so, so important. Uh, we need to agree that giving our time is important to the church's health. You know, we don't want to be a quadriplegic where just the head, that's me, talks. The whole body moving together is what is needed. We need to give that, we need to agree that giving our tithe is God's way of us nourishing His body. That's the world we live in, where money allows that to happen. And God says, I want you to do that. Uh, we need to agree uh, that salvation is through no one else other than Jesus. We need to agree, lastly, with agreement. We need to agree that agreement's important. You know, today's scripture is Psalm 133. It's a short psalm, but I want to go through it with you from a different angle than I went through about me four weeks ago. This psalm was written by David. It's one of 15 psalms there in the whole book of psalms called the Song of Ascents. It's 15 psalms, starting from Psalm 120, going up to Psalm 134, that are the Song of Ascents. And what uh, writers and scholars tell us is as the people would go up to uh, the festivals in Jerusalem, they would recite these psalms. They would sing these psalms. These psalms were to be sung. And so they would sing these psalms. And one of these psalms of ascent, the 15 psalms, that they would, uh, on the road to Jerusalem to celebrate, that they would quote is Psalm 133. They're short, they're pithy, they're to the point. 
And I want to read this one to you, and they're really powerful, and they're very profound. And so Psalm 133, let's all read it together. This is what I want us to do. Can we do something at the beginning of the year? Wouldn't it be awesome if, uh, why don't we just stand to our feet for a second? Let's read God's Word with a kind of, what's the word? Reverence that I grew up uh, having to do. You ready? Let's all read it together out loud and proud. You ready? How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced His blessing, even life evermore. You can grab your seats. Here's a really fascinating psalm because there's a, a few little themes that I want you to look in uh, at with, with me. Number one is to notice that everything's about going down. It starts with the head of Aaron and goes down to his beard and down to his robe. It's kind of a bit of a weird picture unless you understand the culture in which it was written, right? Then the next one's about Mount Hermon. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls in the mountain of Zion. Now, what you might not know is that Mount Hermon's about 9,000 feet, almost as tall as uh, some of the ranges near Mount Breckenridge in Colorado, uh, we can hardly breathe. You know? So Mount Hermon um, was a tall mountain, but Mount Zion is a real short mountain. And so what the writer's talking about is about the unity going down, talking about the harmony going down from the head and down from the mountain. That if the unity is that strong, that the dew that rests at 9,000 feet can actually rest at 2,000 feet or whatever it is, 3,000 feet, then it must be pretty heavy dew, right? It must be powerful. And the idea of it is that it's going down. That means the unity is not just to be with Pastor Jane and I or with Pastor Ryan and I or with our team and I, but it's meant to go down to our children. Through us, it's meant to go down. And the deeper down it goes, this psalm tells us what happens. Number one, what happens is that everything below the surface gets refreshed. Everything below the surface gets anointed. Everything. That idea of the oil being poured on Aaron's head, it wasn't like they would take a, 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 you know, deliberately douse him in oil. They'd just put it on his head. But what the psalmist is saying, imagine if they poured a bucket of oil on his head, they just ran down all the way. In other words, unity creates an anointing and a blessing that's powerful. There is nothing more powerful than agreement in God's world. Why? Because we represent who God is when we're one like God is. And so agreement is very, very important. So the oil that was poured on Aaron's head represents the Holy Spirit, right? Oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit and that's why sometimes in churches, people will anoint people with oil. They're symbolizing that they are believing that the Holy Spirit's going to come upon people as they pray for them. It's just a symbol, and you might get a bit greasy, but it's an important and powerful symbol, right? And it tells us there's an anointing there. And the writer is saying, listen, when the oil is thick, when the, anoint, when the unity is strong, and the oil can pour down to everybody, there 
God commands a blessing. Now, not only does it smell great, not only does the church smell great, not only do we smell great, people come and go, what is it about this church that I can't understand? It feels different. It's not religious. There's something about it. What is that? That's that unity. People have commented already. I feel different when I come here. I can be myself. People hang around. People talk to you. All those kinds of things. That's super important. That's unity. And he says, but also the Jew creates life. What does Jew do? What does rain do? It produces an abundance of green. It creates life. Flowers bloom, all those kinds of things. And so God's saying, listen, when there is a unity that is deliberate, intentional, leaned into, I'm gonna, it's going to cause life. It's going to cause refreshing. It's going to cause a blooming of ourselves. It's going to cause something to happen within the group of people that it pours down on. And the last thing he says is that God commands a blessing. When God can smell it and God can see it, God says, I'm going to bless it. In other words, if it's gone down, 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 God says, wow. I'm going to bless it. And he says, I'm going to give them life forevermore. Let me give you an idea of what that means, the word life. So in the, in the Hebrew, the word life is the word shava. And it means to live, to have sustained life, to live prosperously, to be revived. Some of us need reviving, right, from a hard 2022. It, needs, it means to be revived from sickness, from discouragement of the spirit from death. It means to quicken, revive, refresh, restore to life, cause to grow, restore, be, rebuild ruins, and on and on it goes. Guess what? If we could all agree, as I said before, that prayer is how we involve God, and we were all there for the prayer and fasting. Imagine the blessing and the life that God would produce. It would be magnificent. It would be absolutely incredible. Imagine if we all agreed that our mission was to help lost people find Jesus and then help them find a family called the church so they could be nurtured and they could grow. And like the good Samaritan who went to the robber on the side of the, the, the robbed man on the side of the road and helped him, but then put him on his donkey, which is your Toyota or your Tesla or whatever it might be, and took him to an inn, short for Influencers Church, and it's that the inn that the man got healed. He didn't get healed on the side of the road, he got healed in the home. That's why we have to tell people about Christ. But imagine if we all agreed about that. Imagine if we all agreed that that was important. It would change everything. Imagine if we all agreed that the Bible was the Word of God, we'd start having faith. Imagine if we agreed that the church was created by God on purpose to be the vehicle of the world to be saved, and we would then start to invite people along. If we agreed that discipleship was important. Maybe we'd sign up for uh, the Futures Leadership School. Maybe we'd sign up, if you're a business person, for the incubator. Whatever it is, do something to lean in and be in agreement. And that's all I want to say today is this, church, as we go forward, great agreement will produce great results. The more agreement we have, the more power we will receive. The more God's anointing we'll receive. It's just that simple. Once you're put to flight a thousand to ten thousand, there's a multiplication of impact. You go further, you do more, you achieve greater things. But it's also the hardest thing to do. Because we live in a world that's all about you and me. 
my rights, my individuality, don't step on that, all that kind of stuff. But imagine if we said, it's about us, it's about Jesus, and it's about us. Here's the problem, right? We're all related because we have the same father. So get used to the weird family that you have, the beautiful family that you really have, and say, this is my family. I'm going to be in agreement because agreement produces joy, power. And let's all lean in to the rest of the year. Let's believe God for God to do great and mighty things.